0: Hi everyone, it's me, Jade Madison Scott, and I am happy to be back for season two of On Their Way. This season we are focusing on what I think is the most wonderful anything in the whole continental US of A, Tampa Bay, Florida. As a Tampanian, I am really excited to show off all the talent that thrives in my hometown. Our first guest is Josh Stacy, founder of clothing brand Yamper International. Josh is going to talk about how he created his brand, the unique way he fosters business relationships, his marketing strategies, and more. As always, transcripts are at WGCProductions.com, and remember this is a WGC production. Josh Stacy created Yamper International in 2016. The idea originally began as a shirt printing shop. After visiting Los Angeles and experiencing the fashion culture, the vision became bigger. Ja brought his vision back to Tampa, Florida, and started a brand, Yamper International. Hey, Ja, how you doing?
1: Hey, how's it going? Happy to be here.
0: It's going really great, and I'm happy you're happy to be here. (laughs) Okay, so let's hop right into it. So the season's all about Tampa, so we know where you're from in that aspect. But I do want to know, where are your roots?
1: Uh, So I hail from Jamaica, Queens, New York, the Big Apple, I came down to Florida when we were like I was probably it was probably like ninety-four when we first came down here. But I've always moved back and forth, uh, between the two. So I probably moved back to New York maybe like four or five times. So I didn't lose my accent. I didn't lose my culture. So I'm southern but not completely southernized just yet.
0: <laughs> okay. So in the biography, it said that you started Yampa International as a street printing shop, but then after you went to LA, you wanted to expand into a brand. So, could you kind of talk to us and could you explain the difference between a street printing shop and a brand, and how you came to develop that?
1: Basically, I started off just doing graphics, and I ended up kind of entering into this artsy style like graphics, and I would just upload those online, just trying to like you know land some sort of gig. Eventually, that just kind of led to a stockpile of graphics. So I was just like, you know, hmm, maybe I can try and like sell them as like prints or, or on a t-shirt or something. You know, very small uh mentality at the time, because I really didn't have any type of bigger vision for it. I ended up going out to California around my birthday. It was maybe like four years ago. So my friend and my father, who was meeting us out there, they ended up getting hit by a blizzard in new york so they ended up being stranded so it was just me and my brother out in cali and all of our plans kind of you know were halted so we ended up having a different vacation than we originally planned so my friend that's out there they just exposed us to everything so we stayed in arcadia which is like almost like chinatown in a sense We're out there, and Asian fashion is way up there, you know, as far as, like, Tokyo and, you know, just all of Japan and stuff, and even parts of China. So I'm just seeing all of this different style fashion, which kind of really spoke to me because I've always been, like, a person of style, but my style isn't always, I wouldn't say welcomed, but, you know, people always kind of thought it was weird. I would dress, you know, so when I saw them dress out like that, where this guy literally had on this um not really reflective, you know, like those like visor style sunglasses, I can't
0: like, think of
1: what what the... like aviators, almost like that, you know, and it would almost look like one of those like double sided mirrors that's on the buildings,
0: oh, um, I see yes,
1: he had a whole entire outfit like this. And I was just like, wow, I love this guy right here. Oh, like, that is exactly the freedom that I wish to have with fashion. But again, you know, I'm living in Clearwater at the time. So, you know, Clearwater isn't fashion forward at all. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, you know, it's, it's the beach. Yeah, it's toys casual. Exactly. You know, thong slides and, and you know, surfer shorts, like stuff like that. So when I was over there, I'm you know I'm seeing just all of this fashion and culture and everything. And so a little background about my friend. Again, we went to school together. At a point, you know, they had a kid like really early, like maybe like eleventh grade. They fell into drugs really heavily, and they got themselves together. So they're telling me their story, and I'm just like, wow, like that's. Crazy, you know, like it yeah, got off the drugs, buckled down, started taking care of my kid, went and got my GED, went to college, became a financial analyst, started doing so good. You know, I worked um, for Bank of America and they decided they wanted to relocate me to California. And they said something to me that stuck with me. They said, yeah, I'm hoping to be making about 45 every month. I was like, man, 4,050, That's that's beautiful a month. It was like, no, 45,000. I'm really self-aware. So at that moment I realized how small I've been trained to think that you know 45,000 a month sounded crazy and it sounded impossible uh especially for people like us coming from where we come from. And to see that and to exist in that realm of their thinking and their energy and confidence in saying that, it made me almost like like rethink every small thought that I ever had and decide to make it bigger and actually act on it instead of keeping it in the idea phase. So I began working on the brand. I actually took my financial aid and legitimized the whole entire business and brought all the merchandise and the heat press and a vinyl cutter and, you know, started marketing and stuff like that. And shout out to SPC.
0: (laughs) 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 So how exactly in your own words would you describe Yampa International and the brand that it represents?
1: Let's see. Ultimately, uh, I would want to describe it as... A representation of Tampa's culture, but on an international scale. So ultimately, we get so much tourism here—people from all around the world. And I mean, I see people from everywhere: Europe, Asia, you know, Middle East, um, islands—you know, all of these places. And I go back home to New York, and I'll say, you know, hey, I'm from Clearwater, Florida. You know, not not like in that. Context necessarily, but you know, yeah, I live in Clearwater, and it's oh, well, what's that? Tampa. I live where the Bucks play. And, oh, okay. Well, isn't it country down there? Like they kind of slow down there, or they a little behind down there. Not the disrespect. <laughs> yeah, like all the time, you know. Mm-hmm. And so I wanted to have something that would represent us in a way that says we have culture. We, we have a voice we have an impact uh we're not just some place you come through hit the beach really quick and go home you know we have music here we have art here you know we we have fashion here we have a sneaker culture here you know i i wanted to try and cover all of those faces as best i could so i wanted to create a brand that represented that So when you hear yampa I want them to think, oh, you remember that night, out, or you remember that outfit, that such and such, or oh, that painter is from there. You know, something that represented all of those things that people think we don't have here.
0: Hmm, I completely understand that. That's why I'm doing the season of the podcast because we just there's so much talent in Tampa. It's ridiculous. So then that brings up a question of, and I'm sure you've seen this around. But Tampa is gentrifying. They've renamed Channel Side. The area up by University Mall is rapidly changing. You can see it all over the city how things are changing. Yes. So since Tampa's culture is changing, is the brand of Yampa International changing as well to fit that? How is that dynamic working with you?
1: Um, I think that it is evolving with it. And I think that's just, you know, natural growth. Uh, i wouldn't say it's like like changing necessarily it 's almost like like you know you you turn thirty and automatically you think you're supposed to have to change or become something that you never had to be before, and that 's just not the case um, it's supposed to just be organic um, you grow with everything the things you learn, the things you experience. You know your thirst for certain things, the things that you used to care about. Or you feel yourself becoming a better person. You're more aware. You're more conscious. That is more the trajectory of Yampa. That we don't, I don't, I don't see us having to really change with anything. It's going to be an organic growth because we just want to represent the culture. And and with that in mind, whenever there is a, a cultural shift, if you're doing everything correctly. It's a organic evolution when those things are occurring,
0: mm, and when you picture somebody wearing one of your shirts or wearing a jacket of yours or anything that Yamper International has made, who do you see? What's your target demographic
1: let's see that that is a good question at first i guess I guess we all go through it that we say you know oh, I I want these kind of people to wear it, or I want these kind of people to wear it. And it is important to know those things. I can't say that I've quite discovered it because I I do my best to try and remain neutral. I'm not sure if that's a bad or a good thing just yet. So I, I do know that if you skate, this brand should speak to you. If you're into the music that I'm into, this brand should speak to you. If you appreciate art, this brand should speak to you. You know, in anything in those particular realms is the demographic that I am reaching toward. For example, I did a uh, fashion show in 2019, and a friend of mine asked, you know, I want to invite people, but, you know, I don't really know, like... Who should who should I invite? Like, what kind of people are gonna like be there and stuff? And my response to him ultimately was, if, if whoever you invite does not like gay people, don't invite them. If they are offended by you know transsexuals, don't invite them. If they think fashion is weird or it's just clothes or it's just a sneaker, don't invite them. They have to be open-minded. They have to understand the culture. They have to understand artistic expression.
0: Okay. That's interesting. It reaches who it reaches. So let's get on to the actual... Let's get to the clothing. Let's get to the thick of it. You're a graphic designer. I know you designed some of the logos on the actual shirts. Are you the only designer for Yamper International, or do you have others as well?
1: Yes, 100% everything I do myself. I have worked with um, artists such as uh, Aaron Evans. He's based in Tampa. I've also worked with a uh, local shop. Their name is Dynasty. Uh, they're in Clearwater. so we have done like collaborations with them. but for the most part, I'm 100 percent behind every design, every creation, every single idea.
0: Okay, then can you take us through your process of how you create design for a T-shirt logo?
1: Yeah, so um, with that process, it's always like a uh, weird one. Like, I wish I could say that, you know, I sit down and, you know, I do this and then I do this thing. And then the idea comes to me. It could be extremely spontaneous. I could literally just, you know, I could be in like Sparkman Wharf or something like that. And I'm like, man, I love the color of this grass. And that'll, like, start the concept. Okay, what can I make with this colorway? So I'll sit down. Uh, usually I smoke a cigar. This is Cigar City, by the way, for sure is. anybody who doesn't like that. <laughs> we live in Cigar City, so I'll sit down. And, you know, just throughout that process, I'm trying shapes um, just to kind of, like, create some sort of foundation of, you know, some sort of image. So usually it'll just start with lines and shapes, but that color is the focal point at that moment. And then that can, you know, steer into like, hmm, maybe the Power Ranger. So now I'm working with this like Power Ranger thing or something. You know, so it it, it all kind of always stems from something different, even down to like our logo. I was simply on an airplane flying back from California. And you have to walk through international. And that sparked an idea. If I'm on a schedule and I say, hey, okay, every day this week, we do have to sit down and come up with something. That process is that way, but most of the time, it rarely happens that way. I have some sort of inspiration from the outside. And... I just cannot get that image out of my head or this idea out of my head. And I have to just kind of figure out some way to bring it to life. And that's usually the foundation of that process. And ultimately just hope that I'm having an on day that every angle is just hitting exactly how I pictured it. Uh, some days I just cannot get the image to come together. Uh, so I got to put it aside for three or four days, maybe a week. And then, happen on that sixth day.
0: Hmm. So one thing I want to ask is I noticed on your website, when I was looking through your collections, you have some designs which were just singular designs and you have other designs that are part of a larger collection. So you had, uh, you have a collection based on shoes. You have a collection based around vintage video games. So how do you decide when a design should be part of a larger collection? and should be expanded upon, and when it should just stay as a solo project?
1: Yeah, that's an excellent question, actually. Um, And I just want to say, like, what's beautiful about these types of conversations is I am not aware sometimes that it even happens that way because I'm just fully submerged in creation. So at that time, a lot of those singular designs, that was me saying, I'm a graphic artist. And I want people to just buy this. Um, So that was like earlier on in my career. So while I was doing that, again, I was sitting on so many different graphics that I was just putting out a design a week. No type of marketing behind it. No type of direction or anything. It was just, I make really cool graphics, I think. So I'm going to put this out. And I think people are going to like it enough to buy it. Eventually, I slowed down with doing that and wanted to be able to actually market this item and have something behind it, some sort of momentum um, that could propel it forward. So, some of those did just end up coming out as singular items, um, not a part of a collection, but it was more calculated as I became aware of those things. So, then once in 2019, where momentum got so crazy. Ultimately, I ended up um, getting back in touch with an old friend, and his name is uh, Cam That Dude. He, was, he used to work at one, but he just uh, recently got a new gig in Gainesville. So he ended up um, inviting me up to the radio station. I made a uh, MLK shirt.
0: The one that goes like, I'm safe on any MLK, like Checkbox Street Avenue, that one.
1: Yes, that one. Got you. So he invites me up to the radio station, and I go up there, and I just thought it would be like a quick handoff, but he actually said, no, come upstairs. You know, meet everybody and stuff, blah, blah, blah. So we go up there, I meet Joey Franchise, I meet Hurricane, and they shout me out on the radio, and it just created this momentum behind the brand. You know, a certain level of curiosity came of that. So that was also around the time of like discovering all of this culture out here in Tampa. I ended up straying from my online market and I just went into face-to-face marketing and networking. I'm probably at like like five or six events every week trying to meet everybody that I could meet, network with whoever. I literally I was stalking people's Instagrams trying to figure out where they were going to be at and why are <laughs> they so Like, popular, you know? (laughs) So, so I was like, who is this person? I need to find out. Where are they going to be at? Okay, what's the name of this place? Where is that? Okay, cool. We're going out. And I would intentionally, like, run into these people just to start a conversation. (laughs) And it sounds creepy, but that's what I had to do. (laughs) Well, it worked. (laughs) It worked. (laughs) I had to work the system, you know? So, (laughs) Throughout all of that, though, the momentum built so much that I couldn't just dish out one design. I had to become even more calculated with when I would release stuff because I started doing events. So, you know, we were vendor at these events and everything. And there's no way that, you know, I just made this shirt last week and I am gonna have 100 of them at this show, or even 10 of them. You know, it's too short notice. Mm-hmm. It's, it's too quick of a turnaround. So it forced me to become more calculated with our release stuff. So that's where collections started to happen more often, where, you know, let me do three different designs. So when I go to these events, I'm presenting a collection versus, you know, a horde of random items, because you can't have medium, large XL in every single one of these spontaneous designs.
0: Okay. And how exactly do you determine the success of a design?
1: So my bar is set extremely high. So at this point, I kind of struggle with that line of what's successful and what isn't, just because I I hold myself to a certain standard. Uh, So at this moment, I feel like I have not been so successful, even though the sales are there, the attention is there. I feel like I haven't achieved anything successful just yet. Now don't get me wrong. I pat myself on the back often and I do celebrate my victories, even the small ones. I don't want to get to a point though, where I slow down or I become lax, you know, Oh, this was successful. And now I get to talk to talk and, and, you know, I don't want to become that person because I have so much more I guess road to travel or, Things to cover. Hmm.
0: Okay. So we've talked about the design aspects. Let's move on to the actual manufacturing of the products. So, how do you
1: make your t shirts? I use quite a few different uh, methods. So, for example, the reflector jackets, I went through a manufacturer for those. So, they did the whole cut and sew process for me. Um, Once I received them, I applied vinyl to it. So, because the jacket was a, it was a black base. The bottom half is black, and then the upper half is reflective. So, I added a aluminum style vinyl to the um, blackened area. At first, I was afraid to to print on the reflective portion of it. Someone reached out to me and wanted a custom. His name is Messiah. He's a local artist and very talented, by the way. Mm-hmm. He reached out to me for a custom one, and. I was like, ooh, I don't know. I was like, I could try it, but if it burns up, it's on you. <laughs> you still gotta pay for it. <laughs> so he reached out and I was like, you know what? For the sake of art, let's do it. Um, let's try it out. And it actually worked. That was the vinyl slash cut and sew process. I also use a drop shipping company. For people who don't know what drop shipping is, ultimately, it's a company. Who will receive the order from the customer, print it for you, and ship it out to them? So it's almost like a Amazon in a sense, if you want to think of it in that light. That process is direct to garment. So ultimately, that's a huge printer that prints the ink directly into the fabric, and that's you know unlimited colors. Which I love that process because it does not limit what i'm able to create with vinyl and screen printing you're limited to a certain amount of colors that you can layer ultimately plus your order quantities typically have to be pretty large to get the best pricing so i ultimately use dtg most of the time um again that allows me to create whatever it is that i want And be confident that it's going to look exactly like what I created printed on that garment.
0: And do these dropshipping companies, do they also put your logo on the bags? Because when I ordered my shirt, that was one thing I noticed that I really liked. Is that something they do as well?
1: Yeah, so they ultimately can do whatever you require of them if they're good. They add the logo to the outside bag. They can add an inside logo. They can sizing, they can put, you know, washing requirements. They can ultimately add all of that stuff to it. Now as far as tagging, stuff like that, you have to do yourself or reach out to an embroiderer. An embroidery. Embroiderer. Yeah, embroiderer. I know what you mean. (laughs) (laughs) But I also sew as well. So I wear a lot of hats, as you can see. But again, I love destroyed items and and like repurposing items so i do have a special section on the website for those items that's like the first class section
0: yeah i was gonna ask you about that
1: yeah because those are the most expensive items um because they just require the most time and effort So i'll ultimately piece of something else destroy it or bleach it or you know whatever and take another item and ultimately join the two together, like Frankenstein it, basically.
0: Hmm, that's, I get that. Um, and so we've talked about the manufacturing of your t-shirts and how you how you make them. So when it comes to distribution, I noticed earlier you mentioned that you put, you put them in stores like Dynasty and so on. How exactly did you form those partnerships so that they, they could distribute the work?
1: What's funny about that is kind of like the same thing that I mentioned with, you know, networking. I stalk those people. (laughs) Literally, I would go to Dynasty and, you know, I just like walk around and look at stuff. And, man, this is dope, bro. Like, this is fire. Like, man, like, yeah, y'all got some nice stuff in here. And I'm just like hanging out you know, listening, starting conversations and stuff and you know, I'll buy like like one or two things and then I come back again and I'm just again just walking around, talking, striking up conversation and stuff like that. And almost just kinda like repeatedly planting a seed. And eventually we gained like like a, a level of comfort that we were able to say, Yeah, like so what do you do, bro? Like I mean, and it's like, oh, yeah, well, this is what I do, blah, 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 and everything. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, check me out on IG or whatever. Like, I mean, I don't want it to feel like I was, like, trying to sell him, you know? Mm-hmm. I built something there. I can't say, like, what necessarily at the time, um, but it did evolve into a business relationship. Camaraderie, that's the word. It was kind of built a camaraderie there. And it was just like, Oh, okay, yeah, Ja is cool and, and you know, he, he fashionable and you know, whatever else they um may say or whatever. And from there it was just like, Okay, cool, Lane. So one day I was just out and about and I happened to post something and it caught his attention. His name is Mike, um, who owns Dynasty and um it caught his attention and he was just like, Hey bro, Lane we need to um, speak. Can you come up to the shop? I would love to, like, do something. And it was just, like, finally. Like, it only took me six months of lingering for you to like, finally get it. <laughs> and um, so, you know, I, I was like, oh, well, I could be there, like, right now. You know, so I fly over there, and we sit down, and we get to, you know, talking about these ideas and stuff. This is, like, before the actual creation process. You know, from there, it was just like, oh, man, like, I would love that. Yeah, let's do that. Like, man, yeah, because I love that you did this, and I love this one that you did, and oh, yeah, that one and that one, too. Like, I love those. Like, those is fire. That eventually, like, escalated into, hey, you should fly out to um Vegas with us to, you know, go to the trade show and stuff. Like, you know, it, it, it turned into a good enough, like, business relationship that he felt we could build further.
0: Hmm. And, well, that makes sense. You're, you're building these. You continue to build these relationships, and they sort of work out because you're building horizontally. But one thing that I heard in this, well, earlier, that was that you said in 2019, momentum started to really pick up. I think you said it was because, well, you said, quote, it got crazy. And I think you said it was because of marketing. But could you kind of tell us what sort of marketing you do for your product drops?
1: Pretty much. I try it, like. All of these things that you know you read about and experts tell you to do, and it just simply wasn't working. I don't know if it was because of the product or the presentation of the product. Um, so what I ended up stumbling upon was piggyback marketing. I don't know if that's the actual terminology for it, but that's what I call it. Basically, market off of the momentum. Of others. And that may sound bad or whatever it may be, but it's what worked. And that ultimately stemmed from a conversation that I had with a successful businessman. And he told me, and I quote, copy everything. And I looked at him weird at first. And was like, huh? He was like, copy everything, replicate it, do what they do. Do it how they do it. And I was just like, well, could you explain further? <laughs> he was like, look at Wing House. It's the same as Hooters. Look at Buffalo Wild Wings. It's the same as Hooters. I was like, oh, yeah, it is. Hmm. I was like, well, that's a good point. He said, guess what? The girls dress the same. They wear the same sneakers with the same high socks and the same shorts, with the same tank top, and they showed sports, and they serve beer, and they serve chicken. I was like, oh, okay, well, that's interesting. So I dug further into that, and, again, he was successful. He had, like, four restaurants and all successful restaurants in um, New Jersey and in New York. And the way I figured out how to actually utilize it was piggyback marketing. And I maybe be giving a secret away that I probably don't want to give away, but whatever. I'm pretty sure I'm not the first person to have this idea. Again, I'm a huge sneakerhead. I'm on Twitter. You got to be on Twitter for a sneaker drop if you want to be in the know. So I spend a lot of time on there trying to catch these sneakers because I I also resell. I'll get a hype sneaker and you know you pay like 150 bucks for it, but people are willing to buy it for like five or six hundred dollars because it sells out in like three minutes. So I'm analyzing this huge like sneaker culture when a Yeezy comes out or Jordan 1 comes out, and I was just like blown away by it. So when I made my first sneaker design t-shirt, that was how I marketed it. Everybody was waiting for this Travis Scott Jordan 4 to come out. And I was like, man, it would be cool if you could have a shirt to match the shoe. Because nothing irritates me more than a person who's gonna spend all this money on a shoe and then put on a pair of black jeans and a white t shirt. I hate that so much. I say, you know what? How about I bring the shirt to you? It is going to match the shoe completely, every color down to the T match that sneaker so that you can get away from this black and white tee thing so i make the travis scott jordan four and i piggybacked off of that marketing so every person that said you know hey 10 minutes until drop time oh the shoe is dropping on saturday hey five more minutes until the shoe is coming out oh this is the website it's coming out on uh, Make sure you got your bot set up. Hey, make sure you got your account set up. Make sure you got your PayPal set up. Every single tweet, I would post that shirt under it. And this is thousands and thousands and thousands. I was tweeting that to every single account that posts that sneaker. So it basically went, hey, I got a matching shirt for these kicks. You might not get the shoes. You could definitely get the shirt. <laughs> <laughs> and I put the link in the picture under there. And I tweeted this maybe like a good, like, four or 500 times um, before the release date, I chew. That night, I had over 390 people shopping in my store simultaneously. And my sales went through the roof. And I felt like I had discovered something. I was like wow, this is it. I just replicated that over and over and over and over. Every shoe that I had the ability to actually come up with what I thought was a really good design, I would do that exact same thing every Saturday for like a year. I would do it over and over and over for every hype release of a sneaker. And ultimately, that's where that collection ended up growing where people wanted to match their shoe. Why not make a shirt that matched it? So it 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 gave us such a huge boost of momentum. Ultimately you're here for the sneaker shirt. What else are you gonna buy now? So now that's giving me the ability to upsell. So now they're leaving with three shirts instead of one or they're leaving with five shirts instead of one you're a new customer, you're getting a discount. If you buy two, you're getting a discount. And so it, it sails through the roof, and it shot momentum through the roof, and more people started to recognize the brand.
0: Some other things that you've organized, like your photo shoots, which I saw on your IG, look to be pretty successful. So how did you go about organizing organizing a photography shoot for you and your merchandise with the models?
1: Those Those actually came about out of nowhere to be honest my expectations typically don't venture into certain realms i'm such a a creator i guess you could say that for a while i didn't really put any attention into those other areas now i'm aware that they are important but i always just kind of had this thing that all i want to do is create someone else can take care of the business someone else can take care of this and they could do whatever i just want to be the Creator, um, I just want to make designs and make art. But fortunately, through all of the momentum and networking and attending all these events and, and shows and stuff, a lot of people just started to reach out to me. I didn't even really go find them at all. Photographers, you know, they had models that they wanted to dress, so they would reach out. Models would just reach out. I would love to, you know, do a shoot wearing your clothing and that that's uh ultimately how it came about and once i did the first one really good friend of mine named Jag uh he works at a brand called Swig uh they're really popular in Tampa he he just had like like a really good appreciation for what i was doing so he reached out and he did that shoot for free didn't even charge me anything and plus he he's eating really good off of Swig like their their brand is the biggest brand in Tampa as far as streetwear is concerned. So to work with an, with an outside brand, that in itself was like, wow, bro, I couldn't even believe you were doing that. Like, I really appreciate it. So we we got our first two models. Uh, we did that shoot. And from there, more photographers and, and more models uh, started to reach out. Uh, COVID has slowed that down quite a bit just because you can't be around everybody. I actually had covid back in July, so now I'm like really afraid to be around people. So it it did force me to step back and utilize a lot of those people reaching out. But as things calm down, you'll see a lot more shoots. Another talented one, his name is Pyro. He also did a lot of work with Swig. Mm -hmm. And that guy is extremely talented. (laughs) Amazing videographer. The like amount of effort that he puts into it, 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 it's it's amazing. Like he really is obsessed with detail and and quality, and you know that that is ultimately what you want in a videographer or a photographer. You can come with a very small, basic idea, and he's gonna turn that into this big, huge, amazing
0: thing. Well we're coming to the end of our interview. That was, that was really interesting. Uh, I just looked up Pyro actually, his work does look really nice. But, um, so coming to the end of our interview, Ja, you are very obviously on your way to success. I mean, you are selling t-shirts, you're coming up with great ideas, you're doing the marketing, you're connected with people, you're building your network and a name and brand for Tampa so that Tampa can be known internationally and you're really doing it. So I want to know how will you know when you've made it?
1: How oh, I know when I have made it um yeah that 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 is a difficult one um I guess when I feel like I have made it when my creation or or just ability create is I have no idea I'll be honest <laughs> I have no okay. Idea. that's okay <laughs> it's, it's, it's a really good question because I can't judge that off of money and then even when you're in a hundred thousand stores right you can almost say that you've made it at that point as well but there's always another level to conquer I'm there, I guess to, to 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 answer the question, simply is possible when I can just create and live off of that, and I feel like I've made it. Me sitting here creating is everything. I can send my son to college. I can pay all of the bills. I can. You know, venture into other territories because this is the foundation. When creation is my foundation, and I have made it in that realm.
0: When creation is my foundation, then I will have made it in that realm. You could put that on a t-shirt. That's a slogan.
1: Yes, yeah, <laughs> that's a really good quote. I freestyle. Yeah, yeah that. it is. You sure did right off the dome. <laughs>
0: Well, can you tell the people where they can find you and where they can find Yampa International?
1: YampaInternational.com Yampa Yampa, I-N-T-L on Instagram, on Twitter and I'm also on Clubhouse now Oh, um, passing off the jewels that I have and also for the sake of earning. I love learning i love hearing from other people i love soaking up knowledge um that's where you could find josh stacy yampa international
0: you have just finished listening to the first episode of on the way season two on the way was created hosted and edited by me jade madison scott the theme was composed by baggio Alvarado, and the logo was created by amaka Corey. Fun fact, you can listen to an extra 15 minutes of this interview over on our Patreon. Yeah, we have a Patreon. In that interview, we talk about Jaws' 2019 fashion show, how he determines when to discontinue items, and more. Just go on over to WGC Productions on Patreon and subscribe. You can also show us some love by following us at WithGoodCo on Twitter and Instagram, as well as sliding over to our website, WGCProductions.com, and purchasing some of our merch. Once again, thank you for listening. I put in a lot of work uh, organizing and recording and editing and distributing this podcast, and I'm really grateful that you guys listen. It really brightens my day. Honestly, it brightens my month, let's be honest. Alrighty, I will catch you next week with up-and-coming filmmaker Derek Valperaz, and until then, take care of yourselves and each other.